The world is a confusing place, filled with all manner of shimmering distractions that take our conscious mind and our immortal souls and subvert them into the most basal of human emotions. Can any one of us who considers ourselves a spiritual being truly look around the carnival at the barkers, performers, and the caged animals and believe, even momentarily, that any of this is as it should be? My name is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of the Black Forest of Indiana, distiller, historian, occasional tinker, reenactor, and your host of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Have you ever noticed the world isn't quite what it presents itself to be? That something is just a little off kilter, just a little out of focus. Perhaps that movement you caught out of the corner of your eye was more than a shadow, that weight on your shoulder more than fatigue. I have lived my whole life like this, aware, awake, and waiting for the next experience, positive or negative, always apprehensive, always analyzing. I believe that spiritual warfare is real. I believe from societal observation that others are becoming acutely aware. I believe that many are being influenced by forces unknown in a negative and spiritually deprived way. I see soft disclosure in every corner of pop culture. Join us as we pull back the curtain, as the veil thins and reach with us into the ether to reclaim the truth. But if you have ghosts, you have everything. Welcome back to If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. No, it's If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. What did I say? I don't know. What did you say? I don't know. But... Were you even paying attention? <laughs> Do you know what's going on right now? Welcome back to If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Welcome back to This Is My Stupid Radio Voice. <laughs> so welcome back to obviously if you have ghosts you have everything and today we have my best friend dj henderson in the tiny bedroom of doom uh so he's sort of shoved over in the corner much like bill nicely and jeremy elliott were uh he's not quite as tall as they are but he's bigger than they are so he's literally like wedged in there like if i really wanted to fuck with him right now now would be an opportune time so but we're going to let him tell you a little bit about himself and his background. We've obviously known each other for a long time, and he can kind of get into some of the details of who he is, what he does, where he's from, and how we know each other. Right. So uh, we uh, we met back uh, whenever uh, I was a uh, freshman in high school, and um, we actually had Spanish together. And uh, Alan looked over at me, and... Uh, he it, it apparently looked like I knew what I was doing in the class, so he sat right next to me, and he pulled his, my desk over to him, and he was like, help me. <laughs> Listen, I was pretty much done with high school. I had all my necessary credit hours. Then it was just filling in the gaps, 
and I didn't want to be disrespectful to the teacher, so I had to at least pretend like I knew what she was teaching me, even though I was checked out the entire time. <laughs> right. Uh, so, yeah, we uh, we both grew up in Pekin, uh, went to the same high school Pekin. and all that. Pekin. Pekin. New Pekin. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so um, we were also in choir together, too, and uh, apparently he thought I uh, could sing, so... He actually pulled me off to the side after class one day, and he was like, hey, uh, would you want to come over and possibly sing for me? And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I could do that. That'd be cool. And then uh, so we played in bands together uh, throughout high school uh, and all that. And yeah, we've been, we've been pretty much brothers ever since. Really just turned into DJ rating my parents' food stash. <laughs> That's true. I owe your dad, your well, your mom and your dad, so many boxes of cosmic brownies. It's not funny. And a, and a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Tina's pizza hoagies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So as DJ said, we've known each other for for many years now, and uh, we. Uh, We'd kind of separated from one another for a while, for a few years, and got back together recently within the what, past five years, right. six years, yeah. something like that, and started yeah. hanging out and doing projects again. And uh, DJ's been a been a huge help uh, with distilling stuff, and uh, you know all the all the reenactment stuff and all that stuff. And I always have a great time with him. I'm using the word stuff a lot for some reason, <laughs> um, but DJ does have some really cool stories. So. I've been bothering him to come on the podcast, and he's been like he's been like a nervous little girl for some reason. Well, I, don't know I was what's just wrong. trying to make yeah. sure I had make sure yeah. I had enough content. Yeah. Like I told you earlier, I was like, "Well, this is probably going to be your first adult short stuff episode." <laughs> is it about unicorns? Yeah, unicorns. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe and he already beat me Maybe. to the punch. <laughs> Maybe he. Yeah. So he's this guy's never been afraid of like singing in front of an audience or playing in front of an audience or any of that stuff. And we played in an acoustic duo. And then when you say something about him going on a podcast, he gets all concerned and worried. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with him. It's not like people can see him right well, now. Well, I just want to give people who actually, you know, who listen to this, like, because I listen to it quite a bit, actually. And, like, it's over and over and over again. So, like, I drive a truck. And to kind of fill the times that I'm not talking to, you know, my daughter or uh, my girlfriend, Anita, um, who, which I do entirely plan on marrying one day. Uh, but if I'm not talking, make sure you put that in there, right? Right. Uh, so if I'm not talking to them, I'm honestly listening to, uh, past episodes of if you have ghosts, you have everything. Nice. So so I fell, I fell really in love with the, uh, uh, count of St. Germain episode. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's just, that's, that's very intriguing because I I had no idea who he was until I started listening to the podcast. And then you started describing like. I was thinking, well, this kind of sounds like vampire. Mm-hmm. Vampire. Very much right. so. Right. And I was like, oh my God, man, yeah. this, this makes complete and total sense. There's <laughs> there's other immortal alchemist stuff coming up as well, other than the Count of St. Germain, including one that was in the 20th century, uh, that if I can wrap my head around it for season, this season two, um, hopefully that'll get out there. We'll see. That may be a season three project, because there's, there's a few of them out there in history, uh, if you can track them down and... and sort of separate proven history from speculative spiritual or false spiritualist history of the time. So we'll see how far we get into that, but it is on the agenda sometime in the very near future, I hope. But so since you are a truck driver, DJ, and you have a lot of time behind the wheel, 
Um, and you do get the you do get a chance to listen to podcasts. Are there any other uh, any other podcasts that you listen to often that people might be interested in? Uh, listen to Distillers Talk, uh, the Bourbon Turntable, um, and uh, Stephanie McNews. Um, Highly spirited. Highly spirited. Highly spirited. That's yes. Right. yes. Sorry, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we've done a couple crossovers with McNew in the month of October uh, in season one, and we intend to do a couple more in season two as well. Um, those are kind of fun because I don't have to I don't have to take up the entirety of the content for an episode, first of all. And then it also gives me a chance to play around with a little task cam recorder and do field recordings and stuff like that and figure out how to edit those and get better sound out of them. So yeah, I look forward to those. Those are fun. Very cool. So, yeah, I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, you can't. Bet you can't. <laughs> I, I really hope I'm not mouth breathing right now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so where do you want to start off at, brother? And then you can go into as much detail as you want with any of the stories that you want to. Um, and you can be speculative about them. Like, if there's something about it that, like, obviously, we're talking about the paranormal and the unexplained. If you have some kind of theory around it or something, you can also expand on it that way. Oh, okay. Perfect. Um, so what I did was I kind of made a little bit of an outline here. And the funny thing is though, is that for some reason, whenever I first started writing this outline down, that's fine. That's fine. I literally just high school DJ. I, uh, I tried to steal one of his cigarettes <laughs> thinking they were mine. Good times. It was good times. So, um, yeah, so I came up with this uh, with this outline, and the cool thing was, though, is that you know on your other podcast you talked about how like uh, you'd forgotten about past experiences and how uh, you know when it's re mentioned to you that you know you you remember it and all that, and then like all the details start coming back to you and everything. Yeah, you kind of trigger a memory, and something pops back up in there, and that's how that has happened multiple times uh, in season one recording episodes or recording episodes and talking to people like you who've listened to them and then you guys being like do you remember and right. it'll like click all of a sudden like uh i had completely forgotten about that but yes now yeah. that you mentioned it right. i absolutely do <laughs> so um just so yeah i have this outline here and um so my first i wouldn't i don't know if it was like back at the time but it was very odd um so I grew up in Ohio. I was born in Cincinnati, and uh, we had always kind of lived sort of like on the outskirts of Cincinnati, but it was still considered Cincinnati somehow. So um, we had lived off of a house that was on a, a street called Heaton Street, and like these houses that were out there were like literally, if you could take your hands and extend them out from side to side, you'd be able to touch each other's you know, house. <laughs> And so, um, there was a time where I had been put to bed, uh, by my mom and, uh, the way this house was set up, there was a window that was on top towards the roof. And it was, it was pretty cool because, um, sorry, Alan's taking a video of me and it's kind of throwing me off. So I, so anywho, so I was laying there on the top bunk. So I had, you know, those old fashioned uh, bunk beds that had like a little cubby and all that and that'll that'll come in uh, later in uh, with another experience that I had but anywho I was going to bed and um, I remember looking out the window like I always used to do and I looked out and I saw this weird cloud formation 
and it was extremely vivid and you couldn't see much of it because again these houses were so close to each other but i could see kind of on the horizon down the road a little bit uh, from where i was and it was really weird because lightning i hadn't really wrapped my head around it at that young of an age and the lightning that was coming from these clouds it was weird it was it was several different colors reds purples oranges greens and all so i really didn't put much thought into it i just was like okay well it's you know multicolored lightning so, yeah so these are like vivid colors that you're seeing right it, it wasn't colors. like the clouds like affecting it, it was just the color of the light it was just the, and i had no idea exactly what the hell it was some ghostbusters level shit right or stranger things right. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, I really didn't put much thought into it until I started getting older. And I'm like, well, lightning kind of only has, you know. Yeah, it doesn't look like that. It doesn't, it doesn't like do that. that. So, so yeah. So, reminiscing on that, it, it kind of weirded me out a little bit. Uh, the other thing that happened at that house, um, and it was, it was, it was kind of funny because at the end of it, uh, when it happened, I was actually worried more about my parents being upset that I woke them up. So I was asleep, laying in bed, and you know we we've heard accounts of people you know, talking about sleep paralysis and all that. Well, I was laying in bed, and uh, it I, I woke up. I, I was totally awake, totally awake, but I could not move my legs. I couldn't move my arms. The only thing that I could move, and like those people who have sleep paralysis, they said they can't even move their head. But I was able to move my head. Mm -hmm. But nothing was in the room. I just could not move my body. I could move my head, but I could not move my body. Right. And one thing that I remember vividly is my bed was shaking violently. And nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. But the odd thing about it shaking violently is that I knew where everything in my room was. I knew what it looked like whenever I lay down and everything seemed like it was dropped. Hmm. And I was like, it would, now when you say that, do you mean like, like to you, it seemed like you saw it from a different angle or do you mean like it, it seemed like it actually moved? Like, or? no, it was like I was up higher than what I would normally ah, be. I see what you're saying. So yeah. you're looking at it from like above right. looking down on it. Yeah. And so, so I looked over and then uh, the only thing I could really do was point my head towards the ceiling, close my eyes and say, please stop, please stop, please stop, please stop. And then all of a sudden the shaking stopped. And it literally felt like my bed fell. Hmm. Now, the day prior to that, I got in trouble because my room was dirty. And so, you know, uh, you know, mom and dad, you know, were very adamant about me cleaning my room. Well, this is where that old school style bed comes into play because it had a little cubby area and then a shelf. Right. And so, like, I had toys and, and everything kind of set up neatly mm -hmm. on that. And I could tell the bed was shaking whenever it was happening because I could hear my toys and the stuff that I had on there rattle. rattling. I had like one of those old school heavy alarm clocks that was on there and it was just rattling like you wouldn't believe. And then whenever the bed dropped, it made a loud thud and I sat up and everything that was on that headboard was now scattered on the floor. Wow. 
and the the only th the besides that the only thing I was really scared of was the fact that mom and dad were going to get up and yet again they would be pissed at me. <laughs> right, dress in bed. Right. So, so what do you think that was? Do you think that was related to that lightning that you saw, or do you think it that was something be. else? I mean, like, there's a lot of scenarios there that kind of go through my mind. I mean, you mentioned the multicolored lightning and. My brain automatically goes towards like you know alien abduction scenarios, things of that nature. But then there's also the paranormal aspect and the fact that you saw everything from above, looking down, etc. Um, do you have any theories on it, or is there any history of anything weird in that house, or I, anything you ever heard about it? I'm, I'm not sure of the history of that house, but it was. Sometimes I would get a very foreboding feeling whenever I was there. Of course, you know, I'm also, a, you know, at that time I was also a kid. So, you know, right. you're kind of a little bit more, you get more of those feelings whenever you're a kid and everything. Yeah. You're more sensitive to it. Right. You're more, and you're more open to it because your imagination is open to all those things. So exactly. you're more open to seeing those very odd things, but it, anything, did you ever have another experience like that where it felt like you're and it? It sounds like the bed and you both were, Levitating, right? Right. Yeah. Did you ever have? Which is, you know, you don't really hear about the aliens or whatever you want to call them, and I tend to not think that there's so much aliens as maybe more demonic or darker entities, one way or the other. Um, you don't really hear about them taking beds, right? Yeah. And <laughs> but, you know, you would think you would have like a sense of foreboding after something like that, but I was just more worried about mom and dad being upset, right? But, which kind of makes me know. wonder too, like, uh, you know. If it, if you had a little bit of uh, a little bit of, of trauma there, would just you know even a, even a child being in a conversation with their parents, and especially your dad and my dad weren't that different about right. <laughs> if yes. they meant business, they meant fucking right. business, yeah. right? But you the better fear get got it. In, right, exactly. Right? Yeah, and it kind of makes you wonder if maybe maybe that was something that you even projected. You know what I mean? Sort right. of a, a psychic explanation, uh, basically, and especially the fact that you were able to say, please make it stop, and it stopped, right? right? Yes. Because you were able to shut it off yourself, and that that's another possibility. The multicolored lightning is interesting, and I've, I've never done any research on that, and obviously clouds can be you know colored different, different shades, and that might affect the perception of lightning, but right. uh, I'm gonna do some research on that because I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that. I don't know that I've ever seen anything quite like that so yeah, and it was weird like the cloud formations because after it happened anytime mom put me to bed i was constantly looking out that window to try and see if i could see it again right and like like the cloud like it the the clouds were it, it was super vivid like almost like cumulus and cyrus clouds kind of mixed you being all scientific like in it, <laughs> so big fluffy clouds mixed with big fluffy words <laughs> <laughs> but it was just it was just odd and um but but yeah i never experienced that ever again after that uh the the, the shaking and the levitating of the bed with me in it never happened i don't again. know if i could deal with that it was, I don't know, like I, I, I tried my hardest to forget it and I did, I forgot about it for the longest time, but. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw you a short one here and it's kind of goofy. Uh, I haven't used it on the podcast before. I don't know if I ever told you this or not, but thinking about, I was trying to think if I ever had anything as a kid like that. And I had multiple things happen. And again, just like when you mention things, things pop back in your mind right. and this just popped yeah. in there. So. I don't know if you'd say this was like a cryptid thing or if it was like somebody's lost pet. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I was at my, uh, at my babysitter's house. And of course that was, you know, dad's best friend. His mom watched me. <clears throat> and so we had a, uh, a little kiddie pool in the backyard and there was a slide into it. 
this was after after her granddaughters were born at the time and I don't think they were there and I was playing around in the kiddie pool or whatever and uh, they had boxwood bushes outside the back of the house and I remember sitting in that pool this has nothing to do with your lightning story or <laughs> the levitation by the way it's just a weird thing that popped in there We'll keep going. But I remember this uh, vividly, like setting in this pool, and I was looking at these bushes, and I saw, I guess, I, a lizard, basically, like pop its head out of the bushes. When I say a lizard, it's like a good-sized lizard, right? This right. is not like yeah. a skink or like a, a fence lizard like we have around here There's or anything like that. dragon loose somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't even that, so it gets weirder than that. I, I have a super vivid memory of this, and I bet you could ask that lady to this day, and she'd tell you that I told her this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was on two legs and it ran out of the bushes and it ran right at the pool and it ran right at me and it had a frill like those uh, Australian frilled lizards right like it yeah. had a, it put its frill up as it got closer to the pool and when it hit the water in the pool it ran across the water of the pool and out of the pool and I, of course I like freaked out and I'm like halfway like trying to jump out of the pool falling out of the pool right. etc and I run back in the house and I told her and she's like oh you're just seeing things yeah, you but never told me this. I remember that as vivid as it can be. Like, that's and I've thought about it recently, but I never thought about mentioning it on the show. But right, yeah, that's how it sort this sort of thing plays out. But you know, that's what it looked like. It looked like one of those. Uh, I think they're Australian. Those frilled. Everybody, you know what I'm talking right, about, like right? the Jesus lizard. Like, maybe I don't know what that is. It looks <laughs> like a damn Dilophosaurus from Jurassic Park with right. the frill. You know how, what I mean? About how about, big? About how big was it? Maybe like a foot, maybe yeah, a foot something like foot, that, foot, foot and a half. half. That's crazy. Oh. You wouldn't really normally see lizards like that up here. No, they're like I said, unless it was somebody's pet. And I don't know how big right. the ones in Australia are. I presume that's where they're at. I can't remember it. But yeah, that was a weird one that just popped in there. So, huh? Um, Did you pee in the pool? I probably would. Pro- probably, <laughs> honestly, I was. I was kind of a wuss. So that's a that's a decent possibility. So. Um, Well, with that, we'll take a little break and we'll drop a commercial in here and uh, we'll get back on and get some more stories out of you, brother. Sweet. Hey, what's up, guys? It's great to be back with If You Have Ghosts. You Have Everything, Season 2. You might have noticed from the show that we absolutely love to collaborate with our friends. Well, it turns out that some of our good friends in the distilled spirits industry just happened to have delved into my second favorite beverage class, coffee. But not just any coffee, barrel-aged coffee, aged exclusively in Kentucky bourbon rickhouses using unique barrels. So when I came across two unique 15-gallon chinkapin oak barrels to use for the One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube, I knew that their next stop would be with John Waddell and Corey Welch of Stave and Bean Coffee Company. The first barrel was second filled with apple wood smoked malted corn whiskey for nine months before unique Brazilian beans were aged prior to their roasting. This is the one piece at a time Distilling Institute brand. Unique, buttery, and slightly smoky. It just turns out that it pairs great with an episode of Distillers Talk podcast. See what I did there? That's cross-marketing. The second barrel had to have a little something special for Kim and I and be part of If You Have Ghosts. 
you have everything. So when a close personal friend approached us about making him some homemade blackberry wine, we jumped all over it. We took that blackberry wine and we added it to that 15-gallon barrel. Then we fortified that wine with some white apple brandy to make a fortified blackberry wine, a blackberry port, if you will. Afterwards, that barrel went down to John and Corey of Stave and Bean Coffee Company, where they added some amazing Ethiopian Guji beans, giving us a fruit aroma-filled spiritual experience with our coffee, for if you have ghosts, you have everything. Both of these coffees are exclusive to thealchemistcabinet.com and staveandbean.com, and they'll never be replicated again. Get yours today and enjoy it while you listen to the show. Love y'all. Later. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? I'm ready. Did you get all the uh, the cigarette coughs out? I uh, hope so. Maybe not. We'll see. <laughs> we'll find out. Probably, probably not. I'll try to find the mute button on your soundboard. <laughs> Don't touch my soundboard. I'll probably. I will fuck you up. <laughs> yeah okay well we just ruined that that whole intro i'll just cut all that uh that loud obnoxious stuff out of there <laughs> anyways uh so uh we're back with if you have ghosts you have everything with dj henderson who uh who has presumably more stories for us about the paranormal right i do so uh we'll go back into uh that same house I have a couple more uh, interesting happenings. Uh, so, um, aside from, well, actually, just one more. Uh, so, it was kind of weird. Uh, the lady who lived next to us, uh, she was single, and I do believe her husband had passed away. And so, she had children who were grown. Uh, they moved away, you know, so she was basically an empty nester uh, widow. And she had quite a few cats. And she was a real nice lady. Uh, I don't remember her name, but it was so weird though because her house was right next to ours. And the odd thing about this was that I, she didn't have enough money whenever she passed away to actually pay for an actual funeral at a funeral home. Right. She actually had her funeral in her downstairs living room. And Fair enough. I'm not sure exactly how uncommon that was, but whenever I was little, I found that super odd and creepy. Well, you're, you're Cincinnati, right? Right. Yes. So, you know, by proxy, the same as here, sort of extended Appalachia. So uh, one thing that a lot of people don't know about Appalachia and every, every home that ever belonged to anybody in my family down there, you'll see this. You always see two doors on the front of the house, one that goes into... Uh, sort of the living room slash possibly a bedroom and one that goes into the bedroom on the other side. And the reason for that is because funerals at home were very, very common and up until really recent years. And so that when people would come through to visit, they could go in one door and back and out back the back other. The other. Yeah. So you'll see two front doors right, on yeah. most of them. But I just thought it was, it, it was, it was so odd. Like I had only been in her house once. Uh, and I think it was, uh, she saw me and a bunch of my friends outside playing and, and all that. And she offered us some, you know, some ice water and all that. So, and, uh, my parents knew her and it's not like she was a stranger or anything like that, but, mm -hmm. uh, she, she, she was kind of a recluse, you know, sometimes, you know, she, she mainly kept to herself and all that, but it was really weird. So the way the houses were set up, 
they were so close to so her house was basically mirrored uh to the design of the house that we had right so whenever you walk it walked into the house there was a staircase and um it was off to the left and if you walked into her house it was off to the right well our houses were lined up such so that there was a window at the top of the staircase on both houses so whenever you walked up to the top of the staircase mm -hmm. there was a window to your left in my house and in her house there was a window to the right so you could see you could right see. into her house if right. there was no curtains or any sort of uh coverings or anything like that on the windows and <clears throat> of course we had a we had a curtain on ours because you know mom and dad were like well they're we don't want anyone looking into our fucking house so right. <laughs> So uh, one night, and this was one of those things where if I had to get up and use the bathroom, the bathroom was downstairs. So you basically had to walk the entirety of the house just to get to the bathroom. And mom and dad didn't keep any lights on or anything like that. So it was, you always had to muster up the enthusiasm to want to go down there to use the restroom. And you always questioned whether or not it would be worth <laughs> going all the way down there. And again, I was young, very young. And um, this one night, um, I really had to go. Uh, no question about it. I had to go. And so I was like, okay, come on, DJ. You can do this. You can do this. <laughs> and uh, so I start walking down the hallway. And I see there's a glow coming from the window. And... So there's a glow coming from the window and I'm like, okay, well maybe someone's next door. Maybe that's one of her sons that came back and, you know, is kind of going through her stuff because this wasn't long after she had passed away. And so I'm walking down the hallway and it gives me just enough light to see where I'm walking. And I get to the window and I don't know if you've ever done this before, but if you like on those old halogen style lights, <clears throat> if you turn the switch off while looking at the switch and then immediately look up to the light you can see right you can see the filament yeah still like still orange going, yeah. and then like gradually fade right i forgot know. about those lights but yes right yeah. yeah so it was odd because whenever i saw that glow i pulled the curtain aside a little bit to see what i could see and i saw that so she actually had a chandelier on the top of her stairs mm -hmm. in that house and there was no window coverings we were the only ones with the with with the curtains but the weird thing about that though is that the chandelier it was one of those free hanging chandeliers but whenever i saw it it wasn't straight down right it was off to the side and then whenever i saw that that it was off to the side it's almost like something let it go, and then it just started swinging. Swing. Hmm. And I'm like, all right, well, I want to go downstairs and pee, and uh, right. I'm not going to look that at I a damn thing yeah. on my way back up. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I would have made it to go pee or not. I mean, I'm pretty sure I just went went back to bed, and and, and uh, uh, yeah, enough. I've got like a jacket on, but just talking about it kind of gives me goosebumps. Right. Right. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that that's pretty creepy. For sure. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so so the the style of houses that you guys lived in, like uh, were these kind of like slender, longer houses? Yeah, they or? were they were kind of like uh, uh, two story shotgun style houses. Yeah. So they were probably and, built <clears throat> built out of old flat boats or something like that. Considering that you're in a river town, right? Yeah, they so. were. Yeah, they were. They were pretty old. Yeah, nice. the the, uh, the Miami River actually ran through uh, where we were in Hamilton mm-hmm. at that time, and uh, but yeah. Whew. It was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was definitely an interesting experience. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, that's, that's all I have for, uh, for that particular house that we were at. Um, and like everything kind of died down a little bit, um, until, you know, we, we moved and, um, it was actually, uh, my next like really kind of weird event happened actually at your mom and dad's. Right. So surely not. <laughs> sure, sure, surely not. Uh, before we go into this, for anyone who hasn't listened to the two trickster episodes, those uh, those are in season one, and they deal with a lot of weird things that happen on my family farm. Um, and then there's also an episode with Bill Nicely that details some weird things around Pekin in general, and an area not but maybe a mile or so from the farm as well. Right. Yep. Over there by the uh, the old plastic factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the uh, the the three ton bridge, right? So, but we had actually just finished practicing, and so I go outside to go smoke cigarette and kind of get some fresh air and all that. And uh, you were inside, uh, and I think you were checking something on the computer about a, I think it was like a, a street team for some of the local bands and all that but um so anyhow i was outside and so for those of you who don't know out this was back whenever this was actually before your dad built that room on there right yeah where the and, porch was open on yeah, one end yeah so it, yeah. Was, it was open on both both sides of the house and so we we my parents live up on top of a, a fairly large hill here in washington county indiana um and the farm is basically Three quarters of it is is wooded, and then the other part of it is open. And their house basically sits kind of right in the middle of the open part, up on top of almost all the way to the top of the hill, but not quite. And uh, nowadays they have a a room that's been built onto the end of the porch. But back then the porch kind of went all the way across the front side of the house, and so you could stand on the end of the porch and look down the hill. Right. And so I was just out there smoking a cigarette and. Um, I didn't even have a cell phone, so I'm just out there. I was actually out there just on the swing, and I got up to go flick my cigarette butt off the deck, and out of nowhere, I heard a rustling that's down by the railroad tracks mm-hmm. that's down at the bottom of the hill. And so this is actually kind of quite a ways away, away from where the deck is but it's 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 close enough to where like it's you can hear about a probably an eighth of a mile eighth of a mile yeah and um so i was out there to flick my cigarette but and i was getting ready to turn to walk back inside to see what you were up to mm-hmm. and uh out of nowhere i heard the loudest most blood curdling scream roar whatever the fuck it was <laughs> scared the absolute shit out of me it was very multi-tonal right like and, and at first i was like well maybe it was like a mountain lion or you know heard stories of you know the pecan panther and all that stuff but oh, yeah. this did not sound like a large cat 
didn't sound like a large cat didn't sound like anything i've ever heard before in my entire life and like i shit you not as soon as that roar ended that security light that was right next to their porch just went out just went out just went out and i was like fuck this (laughs) (laughs) well that sounds about right for sure um yeah i i don't know it's interesting i've had a couple of other people other than you dj that that i've known over the years since i put those two episodes out in season one have kind of reached out to me to tell me about things that happened on the farm that maybe they told me when they happened maybe they didn't i don't remember if they did i don't remember um i suspect that Maybe they had things happen and didn't bother to tell me because they think that I thought something was up with them. But uh, I've definitely heard a few things from a few other people about weird things like that happening around my farm in the past. So, Well, we've experienced something that was kind of weird, though, too, because uh, I think it was two or three years ago, we were actually uh, looking at some of the different fruit trees that you have there on the farm. Yeah, yeah, I and forgot we, about that. Yeah, we were walking down, mm-hmm. and uh, there was, and like, no one had been out there, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it hadn't been bush hogged or anything. It was, it was, it was into apple season, and uh, there's a tree kind of off to the periphery of mom and dad's. It's maybe I don't know, maybe a maybe a half a football field, maybe fifty yards, sixty yards from the house, but it's in an area that we don't really mow. We bush hog it every year. <clears throat> and I didn't really hadn't really been out to it uh, all year. Um, anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Right, <laughs> just giving descriptors. So, so we were going through, and we were we were just checking to see if there was anything out there that we could pick. And uh, so we we walked down to this one tree, and I thought it looked kind of weird. And uh, I was like, uh, "Hey, Alan," because Alan was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to get the ladder out and cut that down." Uh, because it was a branch, like mm-hmm. a great big whole ass branch that it looked like someone had snapped it, but we like no human could right. have reached up that high. Yeah. And yeah. bent this thing. And there were like no storms because there was still fruit on that limb. Mm-hmm. And the leaves were still green, like it had literally just happened. And the odd thing about it is like the the more I looked at it and where we were standing, all of that tall grass and vegetation that was around that tree was all matted down like something mm-hmm. had been walking around it yeah it was actually the uh the central lateral of the tree is what it was and it's it probably five maybe six inches around um and this is this would have been when it was snapped the way it looked it would have been a, a, a green branch and fruit trees are very resilient they have to be to hold up the weight uh, and this didn't look like it had broken from the weight of the fruit it looked like it had been grabbed and twisted and then broke over. Right. And then the other odd thing about it was, uh, while that branch still had fruit on it, all the upper branches of the tree didn't have any fruit on them anymore. And those are good right. size, good size pears as well. Um, but the lower branches had fruit on them. The ones that were missing were all well above our heads. They were eight, nine right. feet up yeah. in the air. Um, the other ones that were down low were untouched. And there was a lot of matted down weeds around the tree. And there was a very heavy... Uh, quote-unquote game trail running back over to the neighbor's property. Right. Um, however, a deer is not going to like <laughs> not going to jump like nine feet up in the air, grab the top of the tree with its teeth and twist it and break right. it just they for shits and giggles. So. Altered life perceptions of about low-hanging fruit. <laughs> right. But see, those are the kind of things that happen though up there and I don't even, like I wouldn't, me, I wouldn't point to like Bigfoot or Sasquatch or something like that. Like, still think it's a trickster thing. Like, 
shit just happens and it makes itself look or appear or sound or feel like it's a certain thing that you want it to be. But I don't think that it's any of those things that you want it to be. It's some local nature spirit that just likes to fuck with people, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, so. Yeah. because all the other trees, you know, they had fruit all right. over them. Yeah, absolutely. That, that was the only one that was sort of, uh, you know, the oddball mm-hmm. of all the fruit trees that yeah. were there. So, yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, that was that. That was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, were, were there any other odd ones up at the farm? I don't. I can't think of any anything else off the top of my head. That I wish I could have been there the night that you all had that encounter with whatever it was that was in the woods. I wish I hadn't have been there. But sure, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I haven't really experienced anything else other than you know that that loud blood curdling scream that I heard that one night, and then that. Uh, uh, that particular instance with that uh, uh, with with that apple tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it was it was interesting though, uh, but I still love going up there. I always feel a sense of peace every time I go oh, yeah. up there. Yeah, I, now that I I've had my little thing with it multiple years ago, it doesn't really it doesn't really bother me anymore. Right. Yep. I don't want to be out there in the woods at dark, but <laughs> sure. If I am, I'm going to be in the cabin, and I want it locked. Right, heavily fortified. <laughs> so, and uh, you know, it would. I'm like one knock on the wall away from just not going up there ever again. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I kind of feel like this is like a variety show because I have like several different weird things that have happened to me. Uh, the the next thing that I'll kind of explain is um, uh, my first UFO encounter. Yeah, and uh, something maybe Andy Kasperzak would really enjoy to hear. Um, so, um, I worked at a, a place called Fire King down in New Albany and, um, I worked long hours. Um, I was pretty much there all the time. Uh, and I did their tech support for their smart cash handling safes and all that stuff too. But, um, anywho, um, the thing about what happened this particular night was very was very weird it was on a friday night i do remember that um it was in 2013 and so usually after i got off work alan's making funny faces here so usually after i got off work on fridays what i would do is i would you know fix some you know highballs you know put some whiskey and some you know diet soda and i'm kind of gross because because <laughs> not to the whiskey by the way but to the diet so right well you my, deserve to see you my dad my dad was diabetic you know <laughs> right. since so, i yeah, was make, since make i was me feel like a bad guy <laughs> thanks <laughs> you're not self-deprecating so i'll go ahead <laughs> right, and right fair enough so <laughs> so my dad was diabetic and uh you know we grew up on diet sodas and all that stuff too so um, i was more you know more or less had a taste for diet than I did regular stuff. Uh, so I was sitting out on the back deck and I had fixed a couple and I was just sitting there just kind of, you know, on my cell phone, going through Facebook, looking up funny YouTube videos. Well, that was back when I lived down in Louisville. Hmm. And where I lived at over in Louisville, it was actually over um, uh, in PRP. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but for those who don't know where PRP is, Pleasure Ridge Park. So Pleasure Ridge Park is like the, it's kind of like the southwestish part of Louisville. Right. And where I lived, 
Um, you know, there's trees and all that, but it's they're not very, you know, super tall trees and they're kind of spread out. So where I lived at was actually a major spot for um, air traffic. Uh, because you know you have uh, the you know the Louisville Airport and then you got all those UPS, UPS and, and all that yeah so, and Fort so, Knox is not right too far from so there, I mean so. it wasn't uncommon to see aircraft <laughs> in the sky and I mean it was it was a busy section of airspace so you would see planes come by one after another after another after another so I was just sitting there and you know I was just playing around on my phone and all that and you know looking up and seeing you know the the different aircraft and everything that was coming in well the landing lights on planes are those really bright halogen yellowish tinted style bulbs that they use on the aircraft right. and so, yeah, I didn't pay much mind to it. And then uh, I looked up from my phone and I saw the bluish tent. Well, that was back whenever everyone was getting like HID lights and all that stuff. So, oh, yeah. Right. So it was like a, uh, like a, you know, a white kind of bluish light and all that. And I was like, oh, cool. That's awesome. You know, they're starting to put HID lights, you know, on the landing lights for these planes. And I was like, okay. Didn't really think much of it. Started playing around on my phone again. And playing around on my phone, I get up to go back inside to make me another drink. And I'm like, huh, well, that plane is still there. I was like, ah, maybe it's another one that came by. Maybe mm -hmm. I started putting them on. Uh, you know, maybe it was a different plane, had the same kind of lights. Right. Right. Didn't think much <laughs> of it. <clears throat> so I go in, fix me another drink, come back out, and, um, uh, this plane, of course, quotations, plane was still in the same spot as when I left and came back out. Well, I went inside, you know, used the restroom, maybe another drink, come back outside. And it was kind of on the horizon. Um, it was solid. And I thought it was kind of odd because it wasn't moving. Mm-hmm. Like, at all. Like, I had literally stared at this thing for maybe five minutes or so. And I thought it was kind of odd because that was a part of the airspace that they had been using that night. And you just saw plane after plane after plane. But there was no air traffic whatsoever when I, you know, when I was looking at this thing. And then all of a sudden, it started pulsing. Like, the lights would get super bright and then dim. Super bright and then dim. And then whenever it would go dim, I was trying to look to see if I could see any of the strobe lights, like to see if maybe it was a plane, you know, maybe it was just coming at me directly and I couldn't, you know, see the direction of travel because right. it was in a dissension pattern coming, you know, directly towards me. And so I kept looking at this thing and I didn't even think to, to record it or anything like that. But then it started like the pulsing started getting more erratic and it started changing color. It would go from reds to blues to greens, kind of like the lightning that I was talking right. about. Right, kind of like strobing. But there was no, colors. there was no like distinct pattern to the strobe because if you look at airplane lights at night, right, they have a distinct pattern. Yeah, yeah, they go, yeah, right. go back and forth. You're right. So, but this right. didn't, this didn't. Like, and it's just at like all. one color, like one light just changing, yeah, like yeah. that. And then it was just changing. It was just changing colors mm -hmm. and 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 pulsing. And then all of a sudden this thing started zigzagging vertically mm -hmm. and it got real, real bright 
as it was zigzagging and then it stopped and then I shit you not this thing took off like a bat out of hell and it moved down and to the west hmm. and I was like there is not an aircraft on earth that can go from zero to whatever the fuck speed whatever that, that was. was right and I shit like I had a little bit of a buzz started right totally sober after yep. that i've never <laughs> had goosebumps so hard in my entire life <laughs> yep. straighten that out real quick didn't it and like i i was just i kept looking at the sky at where it was and what had just happened just absolute befuddlement <laughs> absolute befuddlement. Uh, congratulations on being the first person on this podcast to say befuddlement by the way <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, if you've been following my career at all, or following the If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything podcast, you've probably also heard about my other shows, Distiller's Talk, as well as the One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute. One thing you may not be aware of, however, is that we actually have a separate website called TheAlchemistCabinet.com. And the really cool thing about TheAlchemistCabinet.com is we have our very own store there. It's called The Warehouse One. And you can go there right now and pick up all your Christmas gifts. Or if it's after the New Year's or even before, if you're at all into if you have ghosts or you're into the art of distillation, you can go to the Warehouse One right now and buy various different if you have ghosts, you have everything and uh, one piece of the time distilling institute apparel and or merchandise, things such as shirts and hats and stickers and my book, The Alchemist Cabinet Philosophy, Volume 1, or the two DVDs we're currently offering, A Short History of Distilling in Indiana's Black Forest as delivered in a speech to uh, the Salem Depot, and or the Alan Bishop Experience documentary directed and produced by Bo Cumberland and Jolie Kasperzak. There's all kinds of cool stuff over there. I even occasionally have some extra distillation slash homebrewing related materials such as staves or yeast or unique grains that I offer over there. There's going to be all kinds of new stuff coming up. Kim and I are actually working on an Oracle deck specifically for if you have ghosts, you have everything and our spiritual work with this podcast and personally that'll be up before too long. So please go over to thealchemistcabinet.com and place an order. All that money obviously goes back into this show as well as into the One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute, and it helps our family out. This is one of the ways that we pay for our bills and also pay for our hobbies, such as all the software we use for this podcast, etc. We really appreciate your support. We love you guys, and we'll catch you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. This is segment three with DJ Henderson, and in the last segment, DJ was talking about a UFO experience that he had. Um, interestingly enough, he had that experience in Louisville, Kentucky, of all places, versus in Iraq. You are an Iraq war veteran, by the way, and thank you for your service, brother. Obviously, you know that. Um, you worried that 
fuck out of all of us over here while you're gone for sure so uh but that being said you were over there in the middle of uh, sumeria and babylon and the place where the anunnaki were supposed to be at and you didn't have any experiences there no experience whatsoever yeah and i saw the euphrates basically on a daily basis right which is strange because you would think with the history there even just the uh, the residual stuff that might that could potentially be there that you might see replay, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we had night vision and all that stuff, too, and we never saw anything that was, well, at least I didn't. I didn't see anything that was, you know, out of the ordinary or anything. Right. And I've, I've talked about this on the show before, too, but one uh, there's an account on Instagram that I'm a huge fan of that you should check out. I don't know if I've ever told you about it. A uh, gentleman who was, well, who's actually active military now, so he does everything anonymously, and this is also why he doesn't run a podcast. Um, he runs a instagram page whatever you want to call it it's called tales from the grid square and so he takes stories from anybody who's uh been in the armed services also police department firefighters emt etc and there's all kinds of craziness on there um uh, you know there's there's some some what i consider very convincing to me looks like quote unquote dog man footage from a military base right which is pretty interesting uh, there's lots of great UFO stories. There's lots of great ghost stories in particular out of Afghanistan, etc. And he just wrote a book recently, too, hmm. uh, compiling yeah. a lot of that stuff, which is pretty cool. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely have to give him, give him, you know, check him out and all that. And, yeah. And all that. But, yeah, I'm sure if we, if I ever did see anything that was over there, uh, I'm pretty sure that they would make us sign a sworn statement that we were to never talk about it. Right. Well, so. it's not something you'd go to your commanding officer and want to tell them about in the first place, I don't right. imagine. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I saw this, and uh, it looks superior to the shit we have. So. Well, <laughs> and nowadays, though, too, you also have all this soft disclosure stuff going on. Andy Casper, Zach, and I talked about that in season one. Right. Um, yep. And you have, obviously, all of these airmen coming out and talking about uh, uh, various different, whatever they call them nowadays, UAPs instead of UFOs or, right. you know, the ATIP project, etc. Uh, there was literally just an episode back in October uh, of the Joe Rogan show. Uh, and yes, I am a Joe Rogan fan and no, I will not apologize for it. You can get over yourself. <laughs> uh, where they were talking to another one of these airmen that was training off of the East Coast in the early 2000s. And Literally, they went for they went through a phase where when all those 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 videos that came out initially, uh, what had happened was they updated the radars and they'd been seeing these things before. But when they updated the radars, now they're seeing them everywhere. Right. Yeah. Right. And they had no way of really explaining it. And he went through the whole process of talking about it and then talked about how they were getting ready to go into war and everything. They moved. They went down to Florida to do their uh, their real intensive training, and they were seeing them down there as well. Huh. You know. Um, but yeah, I, am, interesting. I am curious, what, what, what do you think about this whole UFO phenomenon, this whole like alien phenomenon, this kind of coupled with all the weird dark shit that happens in this world nowadays, right? And obviously right. things have happened like that throughout history, but it seems like it's ramping up. I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on aliens or whatever you want to call them, however you want to interpret them, right? What do you think? You know, UFOs, aliens, etc. Do you have any thoughts on that? My gosh, do you really want to go down this rabbit hole? <laughs> I always want to go down the rabbit hole. That's the, that was the purpose of starting this podcast, right? Well, in in my recollection and reflection on events that you know, especially from the UFO experience that I had, I think you know, you kind of like you start to think about things a little bit more in a multifaceted sense. Um, you know they say that uh, whenever they go and they test like these you know these massive weapons that the UAP or UFO sightings tend to ramp up 
and and honestly you know it could be from a life form that is beyond this planet or could be actually from this planet it's just very well hidden you know and then that's where you know the multi-dimensional um overlapping comes into play and all that considering you know how fast these things can move and apparently our laws of physics don't apply to them because like right. with the ufo encounter i had you like i've seen aircraft fly a supersonic speed and you know there's a supersonic boom that happens with those mm -hmm. levels of flight speed yeah and what i saw you would it had to have had that but it didn't right didn't exist yeah. right and that's what freaked me out it's the almost most. like it's ripping through time and space in right, some way yeah. that doesn't affect physics in the way that we expect it to us it to affect physics and here's another one i don't know if you're familiar with this or not dj <clears throat> and i brought this up uh, a couple times already this season in season two as far as asking people about ufos aliens etc and mm -hmm. the reason i'm doing it is because i'm driving towards a couple of episodes that I kind of have a seed of in my mind and I haven't figured out exactly how to lay them out yet and exactly the way that I'm going to approach them. And it deals with much more than the current UFO phenomenon. But mm -hmm. uh, the airmen, <clears throat> one of the things they talked about was seeing uh, these things obviously coming out of the ocean and going into the ocean. Mm -hmm. And the fact that the fluid dynamics of whatever these things are, uh, they can literally, it looks like they can not only go through the crazy dives and the, the fast movement that we don't understand without any modern propulsion system that we understand. There's no flames coming out of the back of them, etc. And they can go into and out of the water without making a splash right. at high speeds. Right. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense unless in some way, shape, or form, much like what Bob Lazar talked about, they were actually bending space and time. Right. Right? There's there's something surrounding whatever that ship is that can actually bend space and time space in such a way time. the physics don't apply right and then you can alter the physical properties of what it is whatever it is you're passing through right you know based off of that so yeah that's very that, that i think i think it would be really cool uh for an alien to come down scoop me up for a day and just show me some cool shit <laughs> well it's just a little hint of where i'm headed with the seed in my head uh you know i'm i'm big into the Apocrypha, Pseudopigrapha, uh, thing, the books that were outside the canon of the Bible. And I think a lot of those books describe exactly what we're dealing with. Right. And I don't think they're what we've been led to believe that they are. And so an example of what you just said would be the book of Enoch, which gets talked about a lot on paranormal podcasts anyways. Um, but one of the interesting things about Enoch as a character, if you look at the Old Testament of the Bible, uh, they talk about Enoch being so close to God that he doesn't die. God just takes him with him. And then you go into the book of Enoch, and it's literally seeing the technology of the angels and literally seeing the way the world actually works. Right. And then in order, I think, honestly, that in order for that technology to work, maybe it takes a certain level of mental and emotional capacity that the majority of humans don't even possess the capability of. Yeah, could be, and we we may be diametrically opposed on that because I think that um, I think there's more to that story, uh, and that that book glorifies angels in a certain way, um, including what you might consider fallen angels, uh, and I think that uh, maybe some of that technology requires a lack of emotion to some degree to reach to reach that level. Um, 
but there's a line in the Old Testament uh, that talks about uh, basically overcoming, quote unquote, the archons of this current darkness. And that'll be a big part of that future story. Okay. So, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that then. Right. Yeah, most definitely. Right, what else you got on your docket over there, bro? Uh, uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, I kind of wanted to go into like the different happenings that happened at, uh, I, I mentioned in the previous segment that I worked at a company called Fire King. Yeah. Um, when I started there, you know, I was a, you know, I was a laborer over in the safe plant in their, uh, paint and prep department. And, I got tired of my hands hurting after nine months, and uh, I was like, well, well, let's see if what we can do in the office, because every time I go over there, it luscious AC. So, <laughs> so <clears throat> that air conditioner becomes a little more important once you get past about uh, 30 or so. <laughs> right. And uh, so luckily enough, they had desk positions that were available over there in the main uh, distribution center building. and. Uh, so I started doing tech support, and uh, so I did that for probably around uh, a little over nine years. Uh, but the way they did the tech support over there was uh, you always had to have someone on the phones. So what that meant was we ran skeleton crews on the weekends for coverage for the tech support. You know, get customers calling, have a problem with their safe and all that. But so it was a very limited amount of people who were in there, not only on Saturday, but it was even less of a skeleton crew on Sunday. Right. So a lot of times I would get there early and I always pick the early shift because you get off early. Right. So start early, get off early. Um, so there were quite a bit of different things that happened uh, whenever I was there. Um, so there was one day on a Sunday there was only going to be one person from my tech support department, one person from the other tech support department, and then one person from the dispatch team. They assigned work orders to techs and go out and fix things. So <clears throat> I was walking into the building and you know, unlocked it, turned you know, the building alarm off and all that stuff. And uh, I was the only one there. I was the only you know person in the parking lot. Obviously, I was the only one there if I was turning off the alarm. And so went over to my desk, signed in, logged in, and uh, went to the break room to uh, go ahead and start making coffee for the day. And the way this building was set up, so the main entrance was down on one end of the building, and the tech support department, or the, uh, I'm sorry, the dispatch department was down on the very other end. So as soon as you walk behind the main desk, you can see pretty much literally all the way down to the other end of the building. Right. Right. So it's like a great big giant hallway. Mm -hmm. And so I'd leave out of my cubicle after I'd logged and signed in. And <clears throat> and I see a shadow move across where the dispatch department was. And I was like, well, I guess maybe, you know, one of the dispatch team members showed up while I was getting logged into my computer. It's no big deal. So I walked down to the break room and it's its own separate little thing. I saw another shadow again down there in the dispatch department. So I was thinking, well, cool, maybe we got two dispatchers. It's going to be a good day. And so I go into uh, the break room and I start making the coffee and they had a big window that you could see out of. You can see the, the parking lot where everyone parked who worked there on the weekends. But my truck was the only one that was out there. So I was like, well, it's really not that big a deal. Maybe they call, one that, of the... they call that a freedom window, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, it's no big deal. You know, maybe 
you know, whoever's working this batch, you know, maybe they had card trouble and someone dropped them off, right? You know, just kind of giving everything the benefit of the doubt. And uh, so I was kind of curious to see who was over there. So after the coffee was made, I made my coffee and then I walked over to the dispatch department. I saw the shadow again as soon as I rounded the corner and faced towards the dispatch department. Mm -hmm. And I walked over, no one was there. Absolutely nobody was there. Right. So again, goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then uh, uh, the other person who was working tech support, they they showed up, and I walked down there, and uh, I kind of let them know what was kind of going on. I was like, "Don't go down to the dispatch department." <laughs> <laughs> we got one. And it was odd, though, too, because uh, we, we kept the lights off in there because, you know, it's Sunday, you know, it kind of sucks. We're at work. We don't really need to be, you know, lit up with all these fluorescent lights. So we always kept the lights off. And, you know, of course, if it was slow, you know, you can watch a movie, take a nap or whatever until your phone goes off. <laughs> so fair enough. So, um, so yeah, we just kind of a relaxing environment and all that. And, um it, it, it really honestly only happened when there was a minimum amount of people there, but uh, you could hear uh, there was an upstairs. And right above where I sat was actually what we called Mahogany Row. Hmm. And that's where all, you know, the, the, the big cheeses on, you know, that's where their offices were, like the CEO, CFO, COO, right. and all, you know. Well, you know, you would hear someone skipping on the floor. And this is a metal building. And, uh, yeah, you would just hear skipping going from one end, which where my desk was, was at the very end of the hallway. Mm -hmm. You could hear skipping from that side going all the way down and it would kind of dissipate right before where the break room was upstairs. <clears throat> so that was kind of odd. And, uh, anyone who, uh, was new there, you know, we kind of let them know like, Hey, some, some weird shit kind of happens here right. on the weekends. So, yeah, brace yourself so, for right. Sundays. Right. So don't freak out if you hear something that, you know, you can't really explain. And, uh, cause I even asked one of the maintenance guys that was there. I was like, is there like a pipe that rattles in the ceiling? Cause they had drop ceilings and, mm -hmm. uh, I asked him, I was like, is there like water pipes or, um, you know, HVAC pipes that run up here or HVAC vents that run through here that could possibly be rattling, maybe mm -hmm. causing that noise and all that. And they're like, no, we'll put in a work order and we'll look at it and all that. And I talked to one of them and he was like, yeah, we got up there and looked at it and everything, everything checked everything, out. Everything's like solid. Everything, you know, there's, yeah. there's no movement, nothing. We tested all the water lines and all that shit. And, mm -hmm. There, there's, there's, there's nothing obscure about right, <laughs> right. But it, but it, it kind of is though. Whenever you're hearing shit like that, yeah. so uh, another thing uh, that would happen there too um, is whenever we set up a work order uh, for a third-party technical audit service, some of them required that we send them a fax mm -hmm. and. Instead of walking all the way down to the other end of the building where dispatch was, you had the option to use the giant Xerox machine that was up there on Mahogany Row. <clears throat> so I would go up to Mahogany Row and I would send this fax. And it took 
forever to send a damn fax on this machine. But I didn't feel like walking all the way down to the other end of the building. Right. So I would go through and I would send the fax and it would normally take about five minutes in order for this fax to go through. You get a piece of paper that said whether or not there was an error or if it was the result was okay. Well, I would remember <clears throat> going up there to send a fax and again, the lights are off but there's a giant window with all this light coming in and from the other offices. So it wasn't too, too dark up there. Mm -hmm. And, but you would just be sitting there looking at the Xerox machine. And then all of a sudden you would feel something like it felt like it was breathing on your neck. Now, mind you where the Xerox machine was, there was no vents. There's no registers for vents. None of that. And so that was kind of creepy. It kind of made the my hair stand up a little bit yeah. on that. Well, there, there's several instances where I'm sending these facts to these texts, and I'm sitting up there, and I'm waiting for this fax to go through. I've heard doors shut that were up there. I've heard door handles jiggling, like someone's trying to open the door, and just the the, the sense of feeling like you're being watched. Right. Right. And yes. And you turn your back to try and see what's there and there's nothing there. Nothing there. Yeah. Nothing yeah. there whatsoever. And this this was this is uh sort of uh north of New Albany, correct? Right. It's uh just north of Indiana University southeast. So right off you, of uh what we did Barack Barack Obama Way. <laughs> right. Right. Yep, right. Yep, yep. Right. Uh yeah, you probably just heard our political affiliation <laughs> there in that laugh, but uh, and that's okay. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the point that I'm driving at. So th that's a that's a fairly new building, okay. But you are dealing with a town that was a river town. You're dealing with an area which would have been very agricultural centric. And when we were growing up, there were houses all along that area right there. Uh, so what you what you're what you could have been dealing with could have been anything from an act of actual haunting uh, or to a residual something playing back. Uh, but just because you're in a new building doesn't mean that there can't be things right, that, that happen. Can, right. For sure. Right. So, and it's interesting that they happened to you during, you know, mostly on Sundays when there's not a lot of people there, you've got the lights turned down. It knows there's not a lot of people there. It knows there's somebody that might be sensitive to it. It can focus on that person, get that person's attention, right, right. and feed yeah. off of that. Because these things, again, do, in my opinion, often, especially if there's anything negative in the atmosphere, they feed off of that emotion. Right. That's yeah. how they come into this world. So, um, And then a lot of times, though, too, whenever I'd show up and I was the only one there, whenever I'd walk through the door as I was walking to the little kiosk thing that turned the, uh, the, the door or, you know, the, the alarm off... I used to yell out, don't you dare fuck with me today. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I wouldn't have a single thing happen that yep. day. Today is not the day. Today is not the day. I today got shit I need to do. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And I got a, I got like eight different Excel reports that need to get done right. while taking calls. I got a yard to mow. Right. Knock your shit off. <laughs> I need to get through this day. <laughs> right.
Hey guys, Alan Bishop here, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest. Sometimes you just want breakfast for supper, am I right? Maybe you spent too much time in your local watering hole and they ain't got nothing on the menu and you don't feel like making fuck for supper. Sometimes I bet you wish you could just turn the clock back a decade or two. Maybe visit your favorite rural mom and pop restaurant, the one of your childhood, steak and eggs, wood paneled walls, proper sweet tea, your favorite line cooks, Dell Bishop, black and white pictures, the local news, maybe the Andy Griffith show. How about a glass of absinthe to go with it or who's your apple brandy? You can have all this and more at the Golden Eagle. At the Golden Eagle Tavern, we serve the best Southern Hoosier appropriate breakfast food and you can get a glass of house distilled rye, bourbon, or an American whiskey cocktail. The Golden Eagle. Come for the food. Stay for the spirits. Now, don't you wish it was real? Me too. Your favorite podcast, if you have ghosts, you have everything, is looking for sponsors. And this spot could be yours. If you're interested, just reach out to us at thealchemistcabinet.com or bishopshomegrown at gmail.com. cigarette cough there yes it was all right so welcome back to if you have ghosts you have everything and we're in segment four now i think i can still count uh (laughs) with dj henderson and uh in this segment i'm basically going to turn the platform over to dj he's got some stories dealing with uh things going on involving um his father at the house that he currently lives in um his dad passed away about a year ago as of the recording uh, that we're doing. So by the time you guys will hear it, you'll probably hear this in December. So um, a little bit over a year since his dad passed. And uh, we want to make sure that we gave tribute to his dad as well as told these stories. So I'm just going to let DJ jump in and go wherever he would like to go with this. So, Right. So like Alan said, uh, to the today's date's October 28th. And uh, seven days from now, it, it'll be the, the one-year anniversary since his passing. So my dad uh, passed away um, on November 4th of uh, uh, 2021. Um, and he kind of had a little bit of a, a, a rough life there towards the end. Uh, he was diabetic. Uh, he was a multiple amputee. He lost several uh, toes. And uh, the last amputation that he had was a below-the-knee amputation on his left leg. Um, so he, he was also on dialysis, um, and, uh, you know, basically his heart was fighting against his kidneys in order for him to stay alive. Uh, it's just kind of unfortunate though, that this happened at a time when, you know, my mom and dad both had retired. Uh, but I won't get into the reason of why I was, why I was there, you know, with my parents living there and all that, but I was kind of glad that I was there. Uh, because that gave me an opportunity to help my mom out with stuff around the house and all that stuff because with if you've ever known anyone who has been on at-home dialysis it's literally a 24-7 job especially with someone who's a multiple amputee Um, but so yeah um, the day started out uh, like any other normal day Um, 
you know I uh, our, our room is actually down in the basement which it's a finished basement so it's basically a house below a house and <clears throat> so on that fateful day um, you know I came up you know I got all my stuff together I was getting ready for work and you know every morning before I left you know it, if dad was awake in his chair because he couldn't sleep in the bed or anything like it, it was just too painful for him uh, so he slept out in the chair out in the living room and uh, that's how we leave you know we leave out of the back door and all that and uh, he was awake and uh, you know I told him you know I love you and uh, you know he told me to have a good day and all that and that was the last time I saw him so the day went on and um, uh, according to mom, you know, it was a normal day for, for her too. You know, they had breakfast, they went outside and, you know, they were, um, watching traffic go by and, and all that. And then, you know, it came time for his dialysis and, uh, of course he'd been on it, you know, for a while. Cause usually around the dialysis, you know, they take, you know, quite a few hours to complete and all that and um so once everything was dress right dress and mom didn't have to do anything or adjust anything or anything like that she took that opportunity to go to the bathroom <coughs> like she normally does and uh, you know on that day she came out and my dad was in his dialysis chair and my dad always leaned forward whenever um he was ever doing anything it just hurt too much for him to uh, to sit any other way Mom came out of the bathroom and saw my dad sitting back in the chair with his head up. And his eyes were still open, but mom was trying to talk to him and he wasn't talking back to her. And mind you, mom was only gone maybe a few minutes. She didn't like to be away from him for very long whenever he was doing dialysis treatment in case, you know, there was an issue and all that and um yeah he was just he was in his chair laid you know leaned back with his head up like he was looking at something this is the way it sounded whenever she explained it to me you know she called me i was already on a route and oddly enough i was coming across the main bridge uh it's the brit spence bridge which is uh it links cincinnati to uh um i think it's newport kentucky and uh uh, I actually got a call from mom while I was on that bridge and she said, you know, you know, dad, you know, she kind of explained what was going on and she had already called 911 and she had called my sister who's, you know, she's a registered nurse and she lived down in Borden. So, you know, she, she said she'd already called them. So I'm like, cool. Um, you know, hopefully Chrissy can get there and kind of like do something. Uh, before you know she be if she's able to beat the paramedics there or whatever so mom told me she's like i'll call you back and let you know what's going on and uh so <laughs> driving a eighty thousand pound semi you know with you know gut-wrenching news of what's going on you know and there's nowhere for me to pull off whatsoever and um because they were doing a bunch of construction over there so there's like no shoulder to pull off on and they had lane shut down and all that shit so I was just kind of driving along driving along got past Florence Kentucky and um, mom called again and again you know you know praying for good news and all that but she called me and she said that uh, the paramedics 
came, they worked on your dad, and he's on his way up to the hospital up in Salem. And uh, they're working on him right now. And she said, I'll call you back and kind of give you an update. So I was like, okay. And uh, the odd thing about that was uh, it was about halfway between Cincinnati and Louisville. Um, my grand, I actually ended up getting a call from my mom about my grandma because I had just left the, the hospice or hospice is what it was uh, that she was at. And she said that, you know, your grandmother had passed away and, and all that. But the odd thing about that was there was that <clears throat> mom called me and relatively when I was in that same spot and said that, you know, your dad didn't make it and my heart sank and all that so but since he passed oh um, hold on hold on where you going to since he passed and and i want i definitely want you to get into those stories so your dad was hilarious first of all yes, yes he was. <laughs> and i didn't get to spend near as much time with him as you did with my parents but right I have a, a couple of very particular memories I want to throw out here, uh, just so people understand how this gets framed to some degree with what's happening at your house. Because right. I think some of it is literally your dad kind of pushing your buttons just mm -hmm. a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> so the very first memory is um, when you and I were playing in a band, the first time I actually met your dad was the first time you and I ever played live, which was at one of your birthday parties, maybe your 16th birthday party. It was my party. sister's birthday party. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he rents a PA system and we're getting everything set up. And of course we think we're cool as shit. Cause like, Hey, we got a PA system. We're doing, you know, doing this acoustic thing. I'm playing guitar. You're singing. Your dad comes over to me and he goes, can I talk to you for a minute? I was like, sure. And he walks, you know, he has his arm around me. He walks me to the side and he goes, this better be good. I spent a lot of fucking money on this PA system. <laughs> right. And I'll never forget that. That was the first one. And then the second one was there was a point in time where I dated your sister, which that's weird. Don't date your right. friend's sister. It's just weird. It's just weird. Like it's always going to be weird. There's no excuse for it. But I was at your house. It was me and you and your sister. And we were watching a movie and you were sitting in his chair and me and your sister were sitting on the couch and I had my arm around your sister and your dad comes in. Right. Right. And because I'm dating your sister, I'm no longer your friend. Right. This is no longer that does no longer equates to shit in his world, right? Right. He walks in and he goes, What the hell is he doing here? <laughs> and of course I'm like, uh, hi Don. <laughs> he goes, That's Mr. Henderson. <laughs> so just to throw those two stories out there for people who I think might appreciate right that context. So. Right. Yep. Yeah. He was uh he 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 was a funny guy when he wasn't being funny, and <laughs> <laughs> well, even 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 at your at the house that he passed away in that you live in, right? Uh, I remember coming over. I think it was for a birthday party or something. Mm -hmm. A couple times we were over there, and both times, well, first of all, he was on you about when we were we were making apple brandy, right? Maybe yeah. illicitly. right? And he was all about make sure Alan makes me some apple cider and bring me some apple <laughs> cider, right? Right. And then, of course, being diabetic, like, uh, you know, like I can't, right. I, I can't really, <laughs> right. I'll let you take a sip of it. Right. <laughs> or like, uh, we were at a party and you and I were drinking Bud Light. You were drinking Bud Light. I was probably drinking whiskey because I don't really drink beer. Right. And Don was like, 
bring me one of them Bud Lights out of the refrigerator. Right. And you, <laughs> you and your mom were like, you can't have that, right? <laughs> you can't do that right now. And I remember Don being like, you went into the other room and he's like, hey, go get me one of them Bud Lights. <laughs> they won't know. <laughs> so yeah, he was uh, yeah he was he was something else that's for sure, right? And um, but uh, but but yeah. Um, <laughs> and then it's funny though too because my mom's like, you act just like your dad. I swear, especially whenever I call her, like from time to time. Like oh, if I don't, we we both have that going on. If brother. I don't have time to call her back whenever I'm driving my or text her back because I'm driving my truck, I'll call her because the, I've got voice activation. And the call. words of Jim Leahy from Trailer Park Boys, the shit apple doesn't fall far from the shit tree. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but the funny thing is though is that I'll be on the phone with her and I'm of course, you know, fucking yelling at traffic and she's like, You are just like your fucking dad. I swear. <laughs> right. Right. She's like, the things you say, the way you say it, she's like, I swear to God, you're the spitting image of him. And uh, <laughs> so, so anywho, like, uh, after he had passed, though, I didn't really notice anything happening around the house, but I'm pretty sure that he comes and he visits quite frequently with this type of shit that's been going on here lately. Um, so, you know, again, you know, uh, mine and my girlfriend's bedroom is downstairs, and, uh, this really honestly only happens whenever I'm down there by myself, but Anita has actually experienced something though too. And she heard uh, a man's voice, but she was asleep. She had forgotten to turn her alarms on. And it was at the time where she would normally set her alarms for. <coughs> and uh, she heard someone say in a man's voice, Anita, are you awake? And she was like, that kind of creeped me out a little bit. <laughs> She's like, I'm pretty sure that was your dad. But, but anywho, if I'm down there by myself, and it's funny though too, because it, it because I work on, so we're coming out with a documentary about the, the, the um, black forest of Southern Indiana. So this only happens whenever I'm working on it and the lights downstairs will flicker. And I will see a shadow move across the wall furthest away and then come over into our room. Because, Dad, I was really kind of hoping to have it done uh, before he passed and all that. And I, because I was always telling him about what I was doing with it and all that. <clears throat> and he was like, Well, I really want to see it when you're done with it. So I think he comes down there and sees uh what i'm doing with it and the progress i'm making with it and all that stuff too because it's a lot of video clips that are going to be going into that like an insane amount it's like two it's, years it's, worth oh of God, stuff. it's it's <laughs> just the narrations like uh 50 minutes long right so <laughs> and and that's just from start to end uh just just talking mm -hmm. and <laughs> so it's gonna it's gonna be good but um yeah, so we have that, and that happens pretty. That happens pretty often, and so we also have a new addition to our family, Maggie, and Maggie is just the most absolute sweetest dog ever. And a lot of times, you will find her just staring off either up the staircase, 
there's no one up there, but she's got her ears perked up like someone's talking to her. She will also do the same thing out in the living room, looking into the computer room. And she will sit there and she will just be perked up, just intent on looking at whatever is in that room. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing there. Right. Um, Almost like somebody's paying attention to right. her that's not there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, <clears throat> of course, you know, my mom and dad, they weren't ever really dog people or whatever. But my mom absolutely loves Maggie because, you know, she's an older dog and she's well behaved and all that. And she just makes a good companion for her whenever, you know, me and Anita are at work. So, <clears throat> so you have that and then Maggie will be outside and, uh, you know, she'll do the same thing and like nothing's there. Mm. Nothing's there. And yeah, so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird seeing her do that. <clears throat> But at the same time, you know, it's probably uh, somewhat comforting. Right. Yeah. 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 So I think yeah. dad, I think dad visits more than I realize. Oh, I'm sure. And all that and I'm all sure. that. But, um, mom could have swore like it woke her up out of the sleep. So dad always called mom honey. Mm -hmm. And anytime he ever needed anything, he would call out to her and say, honey, like that, <laughs> just like that. And course i don't say stuff like that right to to you know to anita i, I just it, for me whenever i do it it sounds weird it feels weird to you and it's like it's like it's not my thing right right so obviously i'm not the one saying it and i kind of sound like my dad <clears throat> so uh it woke her up out of a dead sleep because she heard my dad say honey and she's like I swear to you it sounded just like it always did whenever he sat out in the living room um the the other thing that happens though too is at certain times of the night you'll hear footsteps on and so that computer room is directly ab above where our, our, our bedroom is downstairs and it's always in the early morning hours and it sounds like because he there for a while he used a walker and you could hear it scoot across the floor whenever he walked right well i will wake up in the middle of the night and i can hear that same exact thing only it's weird though because it's not as i would say loud mm -hmm. it's more muffled than anything and i can hear it and it wakes me up <laughs> Right. So then I'm like, Dad, go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, the the other thing was, though, is that actually on, uh, I think it was on the day he died, or it may have been the next one. I, don't, I was the only one at the house. I can't remember what my mom and my sister were doing. So when I was in high school, uh, I did uh, the Indiana All-State Choir. And there was one year when I did it, I was, it was a men's choir mm -hmm. and they had said the group that I was with was substantially better than a lot of the other men's choir groups that were there. And so my dad, we bought a recording of it and, and dad would listen to it over and over and over again. Well, one of his favorite songs that was on there was Ave Maria. Right. So I was there at the house by myself and um i saw it sitting on the entertainment center so i was like well i'm gonna go ahead and play it and i played it 
and I don't know if you've ever heard a CD whenever you play it <clears throat> now mind you there's no scratches on this like this CD is in pristine condition because if I ever scratched it it was my ass <laughs> so <clears throat> so I made digital copies of it just in case right <laughs> yeah right got so, a backup got backups of the backups right so uh i'm sitting there playing ave maria and like there is a growing static mm -hmm. that is happening whenever i'm playing it and i'm like okay well maybe it's i don't know maybe it's because it's because it, it, it holds six cds on this little stereo that my that my mom and dad have and I'm like, well, maybe it doesn't like the particular slot it's in. So I took it out, put it in a different slot, made sure there was nothing on it, stuck it back in, and I started playing Ave Maria again, and it was doing the same shit. And it was so weird, though, too, because the static would grow when, when I was listening to this, and the counter on that tells you where you're at in the song, right? it would stop turn off then flicker and then start again but the static would just grow to where you couldn't even you couldn't even tell what you what it was you were listening to oh wow yeah so i'm not some sort of i've never had anything like that happen with a cd you know mm -hmm. i grew up in the 90s so <laughs> 90s and the 2000s and you never had any sort of episode like that with a mm -hmm. CD. It was the weirdest thing ever. So I think maybe it was Dad coming back to listen to it. Oh, I'm sure. And, and I'm absolutely sure of that. And the way he passed away, he had to have seen something that was just amazing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And all absolutely. That. So. Well, I'm sure that him and uh, and my uh, my grandma, which you, who you knew, and oh, yes. uh, Kim's dad occasionally get together and they look down on you and I doing things they're like look at these dumbasses right now. <laughs> right right what are then, you doing and then my grandpa Wilson and Mike Stallings walk over and they're like have an old Milwaukee's best and a shot of moonshine and shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> they know they're they're in here right now I guarantee you they're like oh my god right. Alan and DJ right. are doing a podcast let's we need to go down here and watch people are listening show. to this <laughs> what the shit Mike Stallings is like yeah get it boys <laughs> right <laughs> cheers to you mike yes sir to cheers. saint sparrow the patron saint of heathen distillers <laughs> all right brother we're gonna wrap this up uh i've got uh just a one more incident this was actually yeah, yeah, go ahead so actually there's two more things that kind of happened uh more recently here so like whenever dad was able to actually walk around yeah uh with his walker uh if he was able to do so and he was hungry and he would actually go out to the kitchen and, and warm something up in the microwave. Mm -hmm. Well, mom was sitting out in the living room and she heard what sounded like someone using the microwave, like they were putting in the time. Oh the yeah. The yeah. Thing. Yeah. So that was, that was, I was like, well, did he fix it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, the other, so I had my daughter over and, uh, she was staying the weekend and, uh, uh, and, Anita had to work that Saturday. So she left the house in the morning and me and Mia were having breakfast and, and all that. Well, we were out in the dining room and I walked back out into the kitchen and my mom met me in the kitchen with this like real disturbed look on her face. And I was like, are you all right? And she was like, did you open the front door? 
we never used the front door, like hardly ever at all. Well, when my dad was still alive, he used to always open up that front door in the mornings because he couldn't in the afternoon because the sun would come in and be too bright. And uh, so he always had it open in the morning. And uh, yeah, mom come in just this disheveled look on her face and <laughs> she was like please tell me you opened that and, <laughs> and I was like well what happened and she was like I was literally sitting in the chair uh, watching TV and she was like all of a sudden I noticed that the room was getting brighter and brighter and brighter and she was like I looked up and over and the front door was wide open well you know, I made the joke when your parents first moved up here that they had to move in front of the highway because your dad was a truck driver, right? And he had to watch all the truck drivers, right? That's and why he opened so, the front doors, and right? Like nobody, nobody but me, can right? Fucking and it drive. was so, it was so funny though too because he used to, he used to make fun of the uh, the truckers that would come down here whenever it was like snow and ice and the roads were wet because this curve that's up here, I've driven this road in a semi before. You have to slow down on that curve. Well, in trucking, typically, you don't want to have your uh, Jake brake on whenever, which, you know, uses the engine to actually slow you down. Yeah. So you don't want to use your Jake brake whenever it's wet or, or uh, cold or ice or anything like that. You'll break traction on your, and you'll fuck, you'll wipe out. You'll, right. you'll have an accident. So my dad would always sit there and just, he would do like the, huh fucking dumbass <laughs> to the truckers that would come down here with their fucking Jake brakes on. <laughs> and I swear to God, it always, he always looked at him like wreck, wreck, wreck. <laughs> Just waiting to see it. Just waiting to see it. Well, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to make some cider and we'll have to, uh, when we get the documentary done, we'll have to, uh, take a trip to where he's buried and take him. Right. Take yep. him something. Well, he's so. in Cincinnati. So yeah, well, that's fine. We'll, 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 we'll make go. that trip. We'll make that trip. <laughs> we'll do it to it. All right, brother. I appreciate you being a part of this, and uh, we're gonna have you back in the future for sure because we've got uh, we got all kinds of fun stories to share, not just paranormal, but just in general. <laughs> as we do. There's more adventures to come, so. right? <laughs> all right. Need more man. muddy uh, Alan Asprins. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you, brother. I love you, brother. <laughs>